Good morning. How you guys doing? So, for anybody that might not know, I am Brother John. <laughs> I feel way too young to be called that, but I'm John Tyler. I work with the youth here, and I love every second of it, even when they drive me absolutely completely <laughs> I'm sure none of them drive you guys crazy whatsoever. But this morning, when me and Pastor Heath were talking about what direction this should go this morning, and uh, we're continuing in the Be the Church, only the church is under attack. It is severely under attack. And so tonight, or this morning, sorry, it's going to be Be the Church, an army of God. See, another title would simply be Fight. We have got to fight. Since we are at war, and I'm sure most of you, I don't need to convince that we are under attack and that there's a battle going on. But, you know, I've had a very busy week. It's been moving my whole house, moving everything. And this doesn't look like much. It's just a box, right? But sometimes the weapons of warfare especially in the spiritual realm, don't seem like a lot, but they'll cut very deep. This box is my moving, and then this morning, you know, I, I got up tired and, and worn out and just praying, God, I, I feel defeated, I feel weak, and I'm going to go preach on fighting. <laughs> okay, so I start shaving, and my, my electric shaver cuts out and just dies halfway through shaving. I, I could have been on a commercial. <laughs> so my wife went and got me some shaving cream and, and a razor, and I, while I was up here this morning trying to just pray and that everything would go exactly how God wants it to, I, I shaved at church this morning, folks. <laughs> not something I ever thought I would do, and not something I really ever want to do again. But you know... The devil attacks a lot of different ways, and he's trying to make it hard on me. He's trying to make it hard on us. And this doesn't look a lot like a sword. It doesn't look a lot like a weapon to normal people. But you know what? What God chooses to use for his swords and his weapons, you know, they're more powerful than anything the devil's trying to take against us. And the army of God... You know, the Bible never explicitly calls us, a, us an army of God. But it does say that we are at war in Second Corinthians 10 and that we're enlisted soldiers as well. And I don't know about you, and it doesn't really matter how you think of it as long as you get the truth out of it. See, a group of enlisted soldiers fighting in a war together, we usually call that an army. But you don't have to. It doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is simply and purely the truth from God's Word. That's what we need. See, all these sermons that have been be the church, that we're trying to step up and be the church, you know, God is the same God. And we're still us. And it doesn't matter how you look at the relationship between us and Christ, us and God, as long as you're looking at the relationship between us and God. And God chooses to reveal himself in many different ways, and he's such a vast God, we can't comprehend it. The older I get, the more I learn, the more I see every single time this book and everything in it. It's just more of God revealing himself. This is I am. He's revealing himself to us continually in so many different ways. Just because you look at him this way or this way, it's still God. And that's what matters. And I'm excited to be a church that gets to see so many different sides of God. And today, we're going to look at the army of God. 
and I might be kind of young, and this is my first time up here in front of you guys on a Sunday morning, but would you guys go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word? And if you have your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 16. Give you just a minute for, to find it. Everybody got it? All right. If you don't got it, oh well. Find it later. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Lord, I pray you anoint every word that comes out of my mouth this morning, that they would not be mine, but they would be yours. God, your church has been under attack. Even this very morning, it's time that we stand up and fight and say that we are yours and we will follow you absolutely in every way. Thank you, God. Let us see what it truly means to fight in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's kind of it's easy just to go through life if you ignore certain aspects. If you turn off the news and just sit in your, your little house or you relegate Christianity to a weekend hobby or you put it in the little religion box in the corner in the back room. But if you unpack the Bible and you delve in and find Jesus Christ in there, things get very real very fast. See, the devil's been defeated. He's lost. But he's still around. He can't stand toe-to-toe with God. So he attacks us. And he's smart. He watches. He sees where we're weak. And he sneaks in and he attacks. But you know what? We are armed by the Word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm ready to fight. God's all-powerful. So what exactly does it mean to be the army of God? What does it mean to fight for Him? Well, the first thing somebody does in the military is they have to enlist. If anybody's looking to go in the military, you fill out all the paperwork and you turn it in, and then at some point, you're going to have to swear an oath of enlistment. Now, there's no draft in God's army. It's all voluntary. Either you want to fight or you don't. You want to sign up, or you don't. But when you do, when you really enlist, you swear that oath. Your allegiance, and you take on Christ's name to become one of God's army. Now, when a soldier enlists, they start out and they have to choose between their family and their rights and the army. When you're in the army, you're not a civilian anymore. You sign up to fight. You don't fight your own fights anymore either. You're fighting God's fight. You're fighting for the king, for the Lord of lords. 
you leave your friends, your family, and your job. That's not an easy thing to do. Many of us don't want to leave our friends and our family and our job. In the spiritual realm, sometimes it's more difficult because we never physically leave our friends and our family. If we're following God's word, we stick close to them and we support them. What it means is we have to put God above all else. If you're really going to enlist, you've got to be 100% powerfully, totally God's. The Bible says many things that you know, they just really break me down. And sometimes... Sometimes I just wish God could just take over and do it all for me. But it's more powerful that He's willing and wants to work with me and through me. I am grateful for a God who wants to have a true relationship with me. You know, the military fights and they just leave all behind and it says, count the cost and follow me talks about putting your hands to the plow and you can't look back or you'll be unfit. It's all or nothing. You fight or you don't. And the crazy part is some of us walk into church uh, or think we do or act like we do but don't really put our heart into it. That's what it means to really enlist. You put your heart. You have to enlist right here. Not here. It's got to be here, and then it comes out through here. But sometimes we think we've enlisted, but instead we're standing on a battlefield with two sides, and we're all by ourselves. If you feel like you're losing, and you're being defeated, and there's no hope no matter where you look, you might want to make sure you're enlisted entirely in your heart that you are God's, and that you've chosen to serve Him. Because if you're not in His army, you're either trying to fight by yourself in the middle of a war, or the enemy does have you captive. See, the military is open to anybody. And there's a period of re-enlistment called life. As long as we're still alive and you have breath in your lungs, you can re-enlist. Believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth. Volunteer, give up your rights and say, God, I'm yours. And fight for him. How often are we still fighting our own fights? How often are we still trying to win our own battles? Or how often have we decided, okay, God, I am yours. I will fight your fight. You know, I want to be able to stand firm and not fall back. And the enemy's fighting. So can we. But after we enlist, there's another stage. It's called boot camp. I don't know if any of you guys have been in the military. Has anybody gone to a boot camp or an experience like it? They tear you down to the basics and build you into a soldier. They can take northern Yankees the crazy Midwesterners like myself and a good old Louisiana man. And in the end, they come out and they're all soldiers in the army. They all know what they have to do. They all know when they have to do it. And they do it. And they fight to protect and serve. You know, Satan can't get anywhere near God. He's already been thrown down and pummeled 
really good. And there's no mass attack, no home invasion. So the devil's resorted to guerrilla tactics. He's trying to sneak around and attack us from our blind sides. And we are his target. That's why we must be broken down and built back up. It's that classic war between the flesh and the spirit. In boot camp, there's basic training. And some of us try and take this too fast. We try and just skip right through it. And if you don't know what the basic training is, sometimes they're called spiritual disciplines, but they're real simple. It's called reading your Bible, praying, fasting, and even worship. Worship's kind of one of those ones that you don't think of it right away. But worship is lifting your hands to God and praising Him. In the military, it looks something like this. You're giving honor and respect to your commanding officer. And if you're not willing to give honor and respect to your commanding officer, you are not going to last long in the army. But if you are, that officer's got your back. He will take care of you. God has got your back. He will take care of you. Honor him. Respect him for what he's done for the battles he's fought for us. And there's always tests and trials. The crazy thing about basic training, you're not fighting the enemy. You're fighting the flesh. It's your body. Break down, build it up, so you're capable of fighting the enemy. How many of us fail this? How many of us get out there and we feel the enemy coming and we're like, okay, I'm going to take you on. But we don't have the strength because we haven't been built up with God's strength. And we are weak. He is strong. But if you haven't been working out with Him, you're not going to have enough muscle. You're not going to know what to do. When we fail boot camp, You just get to go right back. How many of us have repeatedly failed boot camp? How many of us don't want to really fight against anything but ourselves? We can get so caught up in thinking just about the fights of our own bodies against our own spirits that we forget there's a real war going on for the souls next to us. You know, the offering, planting a seed, it's powerful. But when we plant that seed and we let the enemy take the ground, we won't get the harvest. You still got to fight. And we can. And I'm ready. I want to. And the enemy will attack us. But he's a strong tower. And when the righteous run into it, they are saved. And boot camp, they equip you. Before you graduate, you go out in combat. And that's the next three verses in Ephesians. It gives us truth, the word. It gives us the sword of the spirit. 
Why do we need a weapon? There's lots of armor, but there's also a weapon. The armor is to protect us, to keep us safe from the attacks of the enemy. It's a breastplate. It's not a back, a back plate. It protects the front, not the back. There's something powerful right there. We are to go forward, advance on the enemy. And the Word of God, which the Spirit wields, will remove them from before us. When I was preparing for this, I had so much just swirling around inside of my head. Literally four different sermons on this. And every time I went back to it, God mixed things up and moved things around. There's so much in this that God wants us to get. And I fear it's because the church has forgotten to fight. It's forgotten how. How often do we speak of it? How often do we decide to actually fight? To live that life of love where we walk out of our own homes into the enemy territory and just show love. The last phase of a soldier is supposed to be the longest one. It's active duty. Sometimes it's really short. But if everything goes right, you do it till you're done. And it's simple. You're assigned a combat mission. And we've all have it. I can tell you yours right now. Go. It's in Matthew chapter 28. Some scholars labeled it the Great Commission. But we are to go into all the world and make disciples. That is our mission. And if you don't believe it's a combat mission, try it. It is. Every ounce, every step of the way. I tell you what, if you think that everything's going great and there's no problems and that there's no combat, you need to check your flank. You might have turned off course a little bit. And you're going to get hit. Run for the prize. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. See, often... If a soldier focuses entirely on the enemy and thinks nothing about what they and thinks about everything that the enemy has and is aiming against them and not about what's been instilled in them in boot camp. If we look at all the things that Satan is doing in this country and in this world and we forget that Jesus went first and fought that battle, if we look at Christ, we will be moving forward and we won't be flanked. We won't get stabbed in the back if we're facing the right direction. We must focus on Christ and not the enemy. Now, Sometimes there's something after boot camp and before active duty. A little bit of special training. You know, in God's army, there's no privates, there's no lieutenants, there's no captains or generals. We are one military unit with one commander. And that special training, each and every single one of us, is a special unit. You 
have a job and a call on your life that only you can fulfill. You can't try and be the next Ron Price. You can't try and be the next Eddie Thompson. There was an Eddie Thompson, and he fulfilled his mission. There is a Ron Price, and he's doing his mission. You have a mission that is all yours. God wants to do something new through you. Be who God's called you to be. It's not an easy thing to do sometimes. But if we keep trying to be what, we see, what we've seen before, if we keep trying to be a Pastor Heath, or a Joyce Meyer, or the next big name cookie cutter preacher, you're not going to be doing what God's called you to do. Joyce Meyer was Joyce Meyer. She didn't try and be somebody else, she became herself, that God's called her to be. And I want to be the next John Tyler, used by God to do God's will. Now, after you graduate, all of that, you are a threat to the enemy. And the enemy will attack you in every single way that he possibly can. When you're that threat... He doesn't like it. The enemy will attack you. And I've learned that the hard way. (laughs) It's not fun. (laughs) We've had had nights where we're praying. And you know, we used to we used to ask God, why God, why are we suffering? Why is there so much pain? Well, because we got some of the first parts from this, some of that basic training, and we started becoming dangerous. And the devil didn't like it. I'm kind of... A lot of people end up going back to boot camp because they get a taste of real combat. And like, oh no, this isn't for me. My calling must be back here. No. If you're not being attacked sometimes by the enemy. I don't know if you're in the army. And I wanted some of this message to be silly and fun. Apparently you can't talk about God's army and be anything but serious. When it comes to life and death, that's what it is. It is serious. This is not a message that people like. But this is a message that is necessary for God's church in this day and in this age. And I cannot help but be in the army and pass on his commands. We are equipped to fight. We are a threat to the enemy. And now we must move forward. We've got to stop viewing those spiritual fights as bad things. We have to. See, every battle is another opportunity to take the territory of the enemy. Every fight is a chance for victory. You know, there has been times in the wars past and in the history of this nation 
where soldiers have gotten too comfortable in the land that they've occupied. And when they get too comfortable, one of two things happens. They either stop staying alert to the enemy around them, or they choose the territory of the enemy over the commands of the army. If you wonder why there are so many attacks here in the United States, in the spiritual realm, it's because the church has gotten too comfortable in the territory of the enemy. And some have chosen that territory over God. And many don't even realize the fight that's going on all around them. It's like Mr. Magoo walking into a gunfight. It's not going to turn out pretty. And the worst part about it is there's lots of friendly fire. We start shooting ourselves because we don't know where the enemy is anymore. That's why we went through boot camp first. Be able to recognize, pinpoint, and take out the enemy. Sometimes we do need to go back to boot camp. Sometimes we need to be trained or retrained. If you're not sure where the enemy is right now, if you're not sure that you're in a battle, I beg of you, please, go back to boot camp. Search the Word. Learn how to use the weapon. Before you hurt somebody else. Facebook Man, I see the Word of God on there all the time. Too often do I see it pointed at the body of Christ, from the body of Christ. We need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Friendly fire, it just hurts us. You know what? We don't win this side of eternity. The battle continues until then. And when we lose our gall and we're not sure what to do, we're too scared to move forward. Remember that you are enlisted. when we chose to enlist. We had to make that commitment. And if you ever wonder if it's worth it, let me tell you what, that uniform that you're wearing, when you enlisted, and they issued it, that's Christ. That's worth it. Stand proud and firm in the uniform And Jesus Christ, put him on. You know, the Bible says to die daily. If you don't have the strength to fight, it's that flesh creeping in. It's that flesh trying to take over. I want to fight. I want to be strong. And I realize I'm kind of jumping back here. I didn't mean to. But I feel like this is something that I must say. The beauty of basic training is that 
God qualifies you. You're not qualified. God qualifies you. We're never strong enough, bright enough, courageous enough, or bold enough. He qualifies us. And we have to die daily to be built up. That's tearing us down. That's what it is. That's the basic training where they work you down to the bone that's dying daily. And then you pick up your cross and become the soldier that we're called to be. And only then will you have the strength to fight under live fire. And I just want to say this. Unlike our physical worlds, wars, the fatalities and the injuries and the out of commissions, they don't come as a result of the power of the enemy. They are the results of ignoring our training, our orders, or leaving the vital equipment behind. The enemy does not have the equipment to take out God's soldiers unless God's soldiers aren't carrying and using properly what we've been equipped with. And it's only then that you are that threat to the enemy. It's kind of like this. Let's say, okay, so we've got two GIs. There's, they're in a Jeep. They've been called to this position. And they sit there and they turn off their radio. And you just start hearing it in the distance. And they're just talking. And they start hearing it, looking around, wondering what to do. And sometimes we're just like this. They sit there and they freak out. What do I do? What do I do? What are we supposed to do? God's already provided them a Jeep. And on the other end of that radio that's off, the commanding officer is screaming, Move! You are in the wrong position! Move! But if we never flip that radio on to hear the Holy Spirit, It's going to be a bad ending. That's not the only example of what happens when we're not following orders. If he sends you to a position, that special training that he gave you, it's because he's got a mission. And he will send you to that mission. He will send you to that place. But when that evac comes back to get you, if you're not there, it's going to be a problem. And it's going to be yours. You know, we may not like the orders. We may not want to go sometimes where God's called us to. That doesn't mean that it's not God's orders. The army was never a cushy job. Fighting is never the easy thing to do. The orders aren't easy to follow. They might not always be fun. The victory is worth it. And if you don't follow those orders, and fight where he's placed you to fight, are you going to have victory? You know, 
if you're not where God left you, He's coming back to get you where He left you when He sent those orders. That evac is coming there. Be ready. And may He find you doing what you were placed there to do. And I debated on this one. It can be kind of controversial. Because sometimes we don't think of God this way. But even Jesus cried out and said, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, take this away from me. If Christ didn't want to do it, what makes you think that we will only have to do the things that we want to do? But he followed his orders. In the end, he said, your will be done. And then he did God's will. And you know what? It's time the church turned on the radio. heard those orders that they haven't been wanting to hear and did them. And they hit home. What is it in your life that God has called you to do, that He has asked you to do, that He's ordered you to do, that you know that it's His will that you do? but that you haven't wanted to. If you keep waiting for the orders to seem a little nicer, a little more fun, eventually that Jeep's going to get hit because you're not where you're called to be, where you're supposed to be. It's what's happened to this country. We're called to move forward in the spiritual realm. But we kept waiting for the orders to get a little better. Now the orders are urgent. And we must move. We must focus on God. Stop worrying about the territory of the enemy. And move forward. Now, let me tell you, after you obey those orders, after you fulfill your mission, it's going to be worth it. Christ is the reward. We are going to spend eternity in heaven with a relationship with God. Be the church It's all the relationship between us and God. I want that. I want God. I want that relationship. And you know what? We have such a good God, such a gracious God, that we got that reward at the very beginning. Did we not receive Christ when we enlisted? And the end of our service in this world, it doesn't come with medals, memorabilia, or plaques, or discounts at the grocery store. What it comes with is an eternal, glorious relationship with Jesus Christ, 
What it comes with is being the church for eternity. He's already given us a reward. Can we be the church now? I want to. I want to be the church now. We've had in this church, it's just our prayer request this morning, there were a lot of very serious prayer requests. Brother Anderson, even our own pastor. You know, it's not always as simple as a half-shaven face when the enemy attacks. He will take advantage of any situation he can and twist it so you take your eyes off Christ and turn where he can get you. And we have to stop focusing on the things of this world. I mean, what does it matter? What does it really matter? What would happen if the church stopped caring about what everybody else thought? Stopped worrying about the likes and the dislikes on Facebook, on what's happening in the social media, or what the the town might post in the paper? What if the church decided to do this before anything else? I think the whole world would change. I really do. When it comes to that end, it's kind of ironic. Life is terminal. No one gets out of life alive. That's for certain. And when we are lying on our deathbeds of this life, we're not going to be thinking of the shotgun we wanted for Christmas. We're not going to be thinking about the next baseball game or what we forgot to buy at the grocery store. Those things aren't going to matter. We're not even going to be worrying about how the oil field's doing anymore. All that really matters at the end of service is did I complete the mission I was given? And did I bring everyone home with me I was sent to bring back? I'm on the verge of tears right now. Some people think that would make a man weak. But if you've ever seen a military man who's been saved by his buddy in tears, you would realize there are times when tears are a sign of strength. We have been given every weapon to send the enemy fleeing. And it doesn't matter how intense the battle is or how ugly it is. As long as we aren't trying to please man and instead we are seeking God. That we aren't battling for the stuff. That we aren't battling for notoriety. But instead, we are fighting the good fight to receive the prize of Jesus Christ. Then we will get that prize.
And just like I said earlier, you've already received the prize. All you have to do now is just don't stop fighting. Keep fighting. And at the very end of all of this, it's really a simple question, but it's burning at the end. Are we willing to fight? To get the reward of eternal relationship with God. If you guys would stand. After every sermon, every, which is simply a message from God, and it's the same in His Word, every message from God, at the end, there's an altar call, a place where your heart has to choose to either receive it and do it, or to walk on by. But a message like this, the altar call, It's not going to be here at the front of the church. It's going to be when you step out those doors onto the battlefield. If you're going to choose to fight or not. I pray you do. The award is worth it.